In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. They had little reason to worry that day. They had little cause for concern. The disciples had been going about their business with the Lord Jesus in his public ministry. They had been following him along the way. And our text tells us that when he got into a certain boat, his disciples followed him there just the same. And no doubt, at least some of them had embarked across the Sea of Galilee many times before. Perhaps this was something of a routine venture for the disciples. And this time they were with Jesus. Again, by all accounts, they had little reason to worry. They had little cause for concern. That is, until dark clouds began to gather on the horizon and the cool winds began to blow. Of course, it's easy enough for us to find courage and steel ourselves when a thunderstorm rolls in. We naturally retreat into the safety of our homes or some other place of refuge, uh, typically. And you know, we, we may even make a cup of coffee and get comfortable. It's kind of cozy when a storm comes in. But imagine being one of the disciples that day with him on the Sea of Galilee with Jesus. Maybe you can relate. They were caught out on the sea when a great tempest began to rage. Confined in their small vessel on the water, they were utterly exposed to nature's fury. They had nowhere to run. There was nowhere to hide. And thus, insofar as it depended on them, the disciples were completely helpless. Ominous clouds had moved in over them. The sky grew dim. The wind began to howl. And the Greek text literally says there was seismos megas. Picture seismic quaking and shaking, tumult all around them. The storm had brought terrible chaos and violent commotion upon the waters. It was so treacherous, in fact, that the boat was being swamped. The cruel waves threatened to fill the boat and subdue it. The disciples feared for their lives. And what was perhaps the most devastating thing in all of this was the simple fact that our Lord Jesus was doing something so characteristic of himself. It's just outrageous. It defies explanation. Christ was sleeping in the great tumult of the storm. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, how easy it is for us to be shaken to our core in these kinds of moments when the Lord withdraws his hand for a time and allows us, his own disciples, no less, to suffer and otherwise solid, seemingly immovable saints can be reduced to the tossing and turning of the sea. Pastors and vicars are no exception. To be sure, 
as baptized disciples of Christ, we all rightly follow our Lord wherever he leads us. We receive from his hand all that we need and go about our lives faithfully attending to our vocations. We get comfortable in our daily or perhaps weekly routines. And that's all well and good while things are all well and good. But what do you do when they're not? What do you do when the Lord seems completely unconcerned with your afflictions? When the Lord could fix everything in a moment, but he doesn't? Do you get angry or bitter and shake your fist at the heavens? Or are you tempted to despair and give up hope? Imagine how the disciples felt that day as they looked upon the Lord sleeping soundly in the stern. Put yourself there with them as the storm rages on and the sea opens up to swallow them. Save us, Lord. We are perishing the disciples cried out. They do what every faithful follower of Christ does in their distress. They call upon the name of the Lord. They pray to him for help. Indeed, it is a salutary effect of our suffering to make us recognize our great need for God and to turn towards him in prayer. Dear friends, there are times and even whole seasons in which the Lord our God will pull the curtain back, as it were, and show us just how dependent on him we really are. There are times and seasons in which earnest prayer for help is not only what you should do, it's all you can do. Lord, save This is the cry of the church when her enemies press against her on every side, when the forces of darkness and chaos vent their fury against her without pity. This is our cry when we lose our jobs and our loved ones lay dying before us. This is the cry of our hearts when a tempest arises in our conscience and the blackness of our sins is laid bare before the Lord our God. Sins which only you and he may even know about, which have filled your heart and subdued it. Lord, save. And no doubt the disciples also said this very thing after our Lord Jesus himself The hope of salvation for all the world was bloodied, beaten, and crucified by an evil mob and rested in the tomb. But as I said in the beginning of my homily, the simple truth is that the disciples had little reason to worry. In reality, they had little cause for concern. For the same one who would rise and still the storm that day on the sea 
is the one who would rise victorious from his grave. Jesus said to them, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? And there Jesus puts his finger on the biggest problem his disciples really had, the smallness of their faith. And yet a bruised reed our Lord will not break, a faintly burning wick he will not quench. Though the faith of the disciples was indeed small, Christ did not despise it. He didn't wipe it out altogether. In fact, our Lord seems genuinely confused by their fear. Surely they knew what the scriptures say, that all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Joel chapter 2, verse 32. Surely they knew that the word of the Lord is more sure and certain than all of heaven and earth. So why were they afraid? Our Lord was so puzzled by their fear, in fact, that he questioned them about it in the midst of the storm. Never mind the raging winds and the seas. What really struck our Lord instead was his disciples' lack of faith. That's what he attended to first before he ever turned to deal with the storm. Why are you afraid, O oh, you of little faith? Why indeed? After rising from his resting place, Jesus then proceeds to rebuke the winds and the sea. And with his mighty word, Christ strikes the tempest and beats it back at once. And in the words of Psalm 29, the disciples witnessed firsthand that the voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The voice of the Lord is powerful. And the voice of the Lord is full of majesty. And behold, there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this that even winds and sea obey him? He's God in human flesh, dear friends. Jesus Christ is Lord. He's our Lord. And of course, he doesn't just calm the storm on the sea of Galilee that day to demonstrate his mastery over weather patterns and atmospheric conditions. No, what we see in this event is the disciples calling out to Jesus in dire need and our Lord rescuing them as only he can. Perhaps you find yourself in a situation like that of the disciples in the storm. Perhaps you're not sure how things could get much worse, frankly. You've taken on water, lots of it, and you feel shaken, helpless, and unable to see any possible way of escape. Even then, however, our Lord would have you call out to him in faith, trusting the promises of God that he will not forsake his saints. Remember, 
that Jesus in our text didn't ask the disciples why they were bothering him with their cries for help. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, he heard their prayer and he hears yours. So call on him for deliverance for you may just watch in amazement as the storm subsides before your very eyes as he delivers you from even the severest of temporal afflictions. But even then, we must recognize that Christ isn't just interested in rescuing us from these things, as important as they are. Indeed, it is our Lord's deepest desire to deliver us from eternal afflictions, from an eternal storm. Our Lord wishes to rescue us from the darkness and terror of hell itself, from suffering without end. And it is for that reason that he suffered so terribly on the cross. Grievous pains and losses may come and go in this life, but Christ endured the agony of his crucifixion to save us from endless agony in the life to come. His passion and death save you from that storm. For by his cross, Jesus obtained for us the forgiveness of all our sins, eternal life and salvation. He shelters us in and with these things and gives us strength to endure whatever storms may befall us now. And that is why we gather here in the sanctuary. We confess that where the word of God is rightly taught and the sacraments are administered in accord with the gospel, there the church is truly present because that's where Jesus Christ is present in a gracious and life-giving way. And thus, we recognize this place to be a sanctuary, a safe harbor for every weary sinner seeking refuge in our crucified and risen Lord. He is the great beacon of light shining brightly in the storm, and he draws all men to himself into this place where, by the power of his word, Windswept, damaged souls come and find safety and healing. And that is what he gives to you this day. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, let the peace of Christ dwell in you richly. Let it still your anxious mind and spirit. Indeed, let it fill your heart and subdue it. To the same Jesus Christ be all, all the glory forever and ever. Amen.